DJ and PK is brought to you in part by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Time now to welcome in Frank Dolce, our Utah insider and analyst for the Zone Sports Network. He joins us on the Sprint Special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you had a great weekend. PK, Mine I sucked. Hope you're, uh, covered. I know. I know. <laughs> no, you know, the way I look at it is that this is Utah's turn, because if you go back the last time the Sun Devils came to Rice-Eccles Stadium when Huntley was a sophomore, he threw four interceptions and his yards per completion were 4.4, and they lost 30-10, to 10, and the last touchdown was scored with about two and a half minutes to go. So when you have a senior-laden team, you should dominate a freshman-laden team, and they did. And that's to take nothing away from Utah because I believe that that was the best defensive effort, literally, I've ever seen in my 26 years living here at the U of U play. That was very impressive. I I don't know that I've ever witnessed anything like that. And Utah Utah did its best to give the to give the game away on the offensive side several times with the turnovers. Yeah. But how do you? I mean, you just can't. So. So turnovers to me are the most important stat in football. Like, you never win that game. You never win a game where you have four turnovers and lose a turnover battle and a minus two and quality teams play unless you hold the opposing quarterback to four completions on 18 tries and and harass him every single play. And And Utah was able to do that. Why were there so many Utes coming free so often to get in his face, to flush him out of the pocket, to sack him? Because they started two freshmen on the offensive line. <laughs> well, that was one. The big left tackle was matched up against Bradley and I, and that was a little that that was unfair. I think they they said the guy was that kid is seventeen years old. He is. If that's true, yeah, it is. That's that that's very difficult. Right. So and then they didn't give him much help. I mean, I didn't see him get any help. So they're trying to go one on one with the left tackle and Bradley and I, and so that was a mismatch. And then Lecky Fotu was actually matched up against another freshman, redshirt freshman at guard, and so that's kind of a mismatch. And then Utah defensively did stuff they haven't done this year, or if they've done it, they've done it very very rarely. And they were bringing heat almost every – it felt like every single play. So linebackers, defensive backfield, everybody getting involved in rushing and harassing the quarterback. And, and so I'm not sure that Arizona State had a lot of film to prep for that because I don't think Utah showed too much of it prior. And that was the game plan, just to, just to heat up the quarterback. And, and, uh, and boy, they, they did. They did. Bradley and I was fantastic. Lecky Fotu was really good. He didn't have a bunch of numbers, but he just he kept taking people up. And then, and then when he did, linebackers kept running free. So that that defensive effort was fairly impressive. Yeah, best I've ever seen. They totally overwhelmed them from the offense offensive perspective. I thought they were fine. They got a little loose with the ball. I thought actually a couple of under-reported uh, plays were when they had the Moss fumble and the Huntley pick. Those were potential open fields, but the offense rallied to make the tackle because the only way ASU was going to come even close to winning that game was to get multiple defensive scores, and they had a couple of open fields, particularly on that interception, which I believe was either 
close to or in Utah's territory, and they made some nice tackles, and then they had the field goal after they gained a minus four yards. So it was a complete and total domination. But offensively, they struggled a bit, but they got enough done, and that's then and that's the way ASU plays. I mean, they they they're trying to keep the score low and all that. But I have to say. Utah's backup quarterbacks, man, they're really weak, and they, they they couldn't be like BYU or SC go down to their third team guy. I mean, I was surprised, and I, mean, I guess maybe I shouldn't say that, but that just wasn't good enough. I mean, Huntley has got to play, or the, this team is in trouble. Well, I didn't, you know, Huntley's numbers aren't terrible, but I I didn't think he was great in that game. Certainly not what he's been in the past several weeks, and I credit. ASU. Yeah. I mean, ASU brought a very physical brand of football on the defensive side. I was impressed the way that, that the Sun Devils played in that game. And so Lisk and, and Shelley, they, they, they came into kind of this monster, and, and that was, that, that's difficult for those two guys. They certainly, there's a big step down. I don't think there's any question between the, the starting quarterback, Huntley, and those other two guys. But, but I also say Arizona State, came with a physical, aggressive game plan that would have harassed a lot of different quarterbacks. By the way, there's this thing, Peaky, I wanted to get your thoughts on it because there was this thing going around, um, and Hans and I talked about it on the post game. People were saying that, that Arizona State played dirty, and I don't think they played dirty. There was one play that I thought was very questionable, and the guy got thrown out of the game. I thought that was probably the right call on the targeting call against sure. Moss. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But out. Outside of that, I thought it was just a very physical brand of defensive football. I don't know if you thought any different, but I didn't think it was dirty. Well, it was physical, certainly. Whether it's dirty depends on which team you root for. I understand that. Fandom comes in. But I don't think there's any question that the Sun Devils lost their composure. And this is a team under Herm Edwards that doesn't turn the ball over, doesn't commit penalties, and they committed 12 penalties and uh, they had like that one where uh, Huntley went out. I think they had two personal fouls, and you know I think that the you gain a little bit of a rep, and I think the refs tend to look for stuff if they know that you're a physical team. So I think they put themselves in the position to be called on stuff, but it dirty, you know. It's like every time there's a targeting, you agree with it if you're a fan of the team who's getting penalized, not getting penalized. You know, they reviewed a targeting on a play where Jaden Daniels slid, but there was no late hit. Yeah. So they decided it wasn't yeah. targeting, but he slid, which, if you're reviewing it, by definition means he got hit as he was sliding. And, and I agree there shouldn't have been targeting, but you're reviewing it, so then I heard from the Devils fans, well, wait a second, how do you go and review a targeting hit when a quarterback slides? Because then you're admitting that he got hit when he slid, but yet there was no, and I think it was on Lloyd, but yet there was no 15 late 15-yard penalty for late hit. Yeah, right. There's, right. there's no personal foul, right. right. Yeah. And, and so they didn't call it on that, so the Devil fans are up in arms on that. I think that's fan stuff, but I do think that the Devils lost their composure. This is the biggest game they played to date, and 
They were supposed to lose. They should have lost. I think if you're looking at ASU, you're wondering, well, how do you lose to Colorado at home? Not how do you get outclassed by Utah? Because Utah has a great team. They're senior laden. You aren't. See in the next couple years when things change, just like the Utes could say two years ago, see in the next couple years when Huntley's a senior. Those Those type of things happen. But I was disappointed in their lack of composure and their number of penalties, which 12 blows my mind that Utah actually had 16 against SC. That's because 12 seemed outrageous. And that's the first time they're in that spot. They'll learn from it. But to me, Utah is a mature team with a ton of talent. And going forward here, it's all about beating Washington because I think you're going to win the rest of those games and either going to be 8-1 or 7-2. Yeah, that, you know, the way that Cal played (laughs) – The Pac-12 is, is we always say it, so it's goofy. But Cal didn't look great, and and Monster is not Monster's not a guy, so that that makes it difficult on, on Cal's offense. Although their I thought their defense would play a little bit yeah, a little I bit agree. better. So yeah. I feel that I feel like that's a very winnable game next week against Cal. And then I agree with you. Like Washington is that's the big test going up to Seattle. If Utah can get through Cal, then they're going to have to figure out a way to beat. Washington. I was impressed the way Washington played against Oregon. I thought Oregon was going to manage that game, and Washington, a young Washington team, um, really, really played well, especially on the defensive side. <laughs> even though they gave up the thirty-five points, and 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 uh, I thought it was, I thought it was Eason's best effort. I, I've been underwhelmed by Eason coming into this game, and then I thought he played against. A very very good Oregon defense. I thought Eason played really well. So as I look across Utah's schedule, um, we we talked about it on Friday. PK, it's a very very winnable schedule, and Oregon. But Oregon is the really stiff test. I think going going out. So any worry that I mean, Cal- sorry, sorry Washington, Washington. Yeah, we know what you meant. So any worry that Cal's defense can win a 12-10 game the way they beat Washington a year ago. You know, there was uh, – I mean, PK talks about underreported where, you know, there were two turnovers where there could have been returns for scores. There also could have been two more picks in that game. Uh, there was a deflected ball that got dropped. There was a slant that got jumped. I guess it could have been a third one, a one-handed grab on a screen pass, and that weathers – I don't feel like that's a play that should be made, although it could have been made. Uh, so is there any worry that Cal's defense could come in, force a bunch of turnovers, and – win a game or you really don't think that yeah. can happen i think that can happen i you know so i thought and i think this now even more so um utah if utah executes through the rest of the season then they're going to be a very difficult team to beat if utah has 16 penalties in a game if utah has four turnovers in a game if utah's sloppy uh, you know, undisciplined. Then those are games where you where you just you figure out a way to lose. You don't come you don't come out on top. I, you know, so that's kind of what happened um, against Arizona State. Although they were over, they were able to overcome it because of a tremendous defensive effort. So in my mind, as I look across the rest of the schedule, there's not a juggernaut, and Utah's. What Utah has to do is execute week in and week out. And if they do that, then I think they're going to be in a very good position to win all of those games. If they go into a game 
it, it doesn't matter which game, but if they go into a game and um, they have four turnovers, then all of a sudden you think, well, you know, Utah, it wasn't that Utah got beaten, but Utah didn't do the things they needed to do to win. So, yeah, I think that could happen. There's no question. But but I also think the way that te- this team has played and the senior leadership and the talent in the right positions, especially on the defensive side, it's it looks pretty good for Utah at this point. Bring on Oregon in the conference final. If SC loses, I think SC will lose to Oregon because they've got Oregon, which makes it incumbent upon the Utes to win the rest of their games. Because asking SC to lose twice... I think might be too much to ask because SC isn't the SC that maybe you and I grew up with and all that stuff, but they're still a pretty good team. I, you know, I think they're, I think they're getting better. Uh, I, I like, I like what they've done. They've always had the talent, and but but then you know they for some reason they just haven't been really consistent with that talent under Helton. So. But I think they're playing. I think they're playing well right now. Their uh, quarterback is seems like he's back in the groove, and and USC is a very difficult team to beat. I look at you know I look at their schedule. I'm trying to find the same thing. Is where where do they have another loss or maybe two on their schedule? I don't know. I don't think they have two losses on their schedule. I think they have one loss on their schedule. Yeah. But Oregon. that just makes it yeah Oregon. But it just makes it even more important for Utah to be, you know, I, I think it was, it was good that Utah won this game in this fashion. They won and, you know, they kind of won ugly, even though Coach Whittingham says there aren't any ugly wins. Uh, I'd, I'd say that was a pretty ugly win um, because you learn from that. Just like you, Utah learned from the, the USC disaster, um, I think they'll learn from winning ugly like this and, and being prepared to execute at a high level each and every week. So really it's the wrong week for Cal to be playing Utah. They're going to be on full alert the way the offense played. And you expect a bounce back game. I think so. I think so. I I hope that I hope that uh, Huntley is is going to be healthy and, and ready. I was encouraged that he came back into the game, was able to play even with a little brace on his leg. And hopefully that, that's a sign that Maybe he's suffering kind of a mildish sort of strain, sprain, strain sort of deal, and and that he'll figure out a way to be ready to play on on Saturday. Um, I don't think it's absolutely necessary that he plays, but it sure would be it, it would be a, a nice benefit to have him play on Saturday. I just I Cal Cal doesn't seem like they're quite what I thought they were early on in the season. You played quarterback, Frank. You ever uh, have that reaction after an interception? He was it's like he couldn't believe yeah. it. He couldn't believe it. But then he also really couldn't run over to the sideline to make the tackle. I mean, he hobbled over there, but that wasn't a run. He was, he was, more, he was more animated. With, right when he released the ball, he was more animated and jumping around up and down. You would have never known that he had an injury the way that he reacted to the interception who knows maybe that aggravated the injury <laughs> the way that he was he was jumping up and down but yeah that you know i and and i said that to i said that to hands after the game when we were when we were doing the post game show anytime you see a quarterback and the ball leaves his hand and he starts jumping up and down then you know that 
it, he, he hasn't thrown the ball where he wants to or, or the minute he threw it, then he saw the guy that he didn't see when he threw the ball. And so that's the telltale sign for any quarterback. You just watch. When that ball leaves his hand and he's jumping up and down, it's more likely the ball is going to be knocked away or intercepted than it is going to be completed. Well, Frank, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week. Of course, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Talk to you guys soon.